Well, good morning. It's good to be here this morning and uh, to be able to worship together in the house of the Lord. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6. We've been in 1 Timothy quite some time now, uh, looking at the series of life together as, as the body of Christ. And in chapter 5, uh, we looked at Paul giving some instruction about honoring widows. And then we see he moved on to give Timothy some instruction about honoring elders. Well, today we begin chapter 6, uh, the final chapter in this letter to Timothy. And he's giving some instructions about how servants are to honor their masters. And so this morning, we're going to look at what, it, what Christ-honoring work looks at like um, for us today in the workplace. We're going to look at the text here and then see some, hopefully some really good application for us this morning. So uh, if you would, read with me in 1 Timothy chapter 6. We're going to be looking at verses 1 and 2. Let all who are under a yoke as bondservants regard their own masters as worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and the teaching may not be reviled. Those who have believing masters must not be disrespectful on the ground that they are brothers. Rather, they must serve all the better, since those who benefit by their good service are believers and beloved. Teach and urge these things. Would you pray with me? God, as we look at your word this morning, as we study this text, as we examine it, and as we seek to apply it to our lives, God, would you work through your word in our lives? Would you open our hearts to hear from you? Would you tear down any walls that we may have put up, God, that we can hear directly from you through your word? And Lord, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for this church. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. So there's a couple things that I want to look at as we consider Christ-honoring work. Christ-honoring work. Verse 1 says, Let all who are under a yoke as bondservants regard their own masters as worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and the teaching may not be reviled. So the first thing we see in this verse is that Paul is most likely talking about non-Christian employers. About non-Christian employers. Um, he says, those who are under a yoke as bondservants. A yoke was a, was a frame that was used for working animals, mostly for oxen, but it was to help them work. And a lot of times when we see in Scripture, uh, John Stott noted this, that when the yoke is used in Scripture to point to a human experience, it's often used to symbolize an oppressive regime. Think about the Old Testament where Rehoboam had, you know, he was his father. You know, we see the story there, and they're like, please, your, your father laid a heavy burden on us. Please lighten your yoke. And he said, no, I'm not going to lighten it. I'm going to actually be a little bit harder than my father was. We see an oppressive regime. But it wasn't always the case. You remember in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my burden is easy, and my yoke is light. And so we look at this text, and so it's not always, but most likely. And we see Jesus contradicted that. He went against the norm on that. But we see this, this picture of this yoke, and so we see this kind of this non-Christian environment, this, this non-Christian employer. And what Paul tells Timothy tell, to instruct these, these servants is that they are to treat their um, employers worthy of honor. They're to consider them worthy of honor. So why should we consider employers who may be non-Christian worthy of honor? Well, first of all, all people are made in God's image. Right? We believe that God made all people in His image. So all people are worthy of honor 
and worthy of respect. God's created all people. We must treat all people with respect. Honoring your employer is not to be subjective. It's not to be if you feel like honoring them or not. It doesn't mean if you like your employer, then you honor them. It's, it's to be objective, to honor them, and we'll look at why later on. But we are honoring our employees, this, this instruction for servants to honor their masters. And we see that they're honoring them for the glory of God. What we need to understand about our lives is our lives, the purpose of our lives, is to glorify God. It's not to work to get a lot of money. It's not to have a great family. It's not to have a lot of things. The purpose of our life is to glorify God. And so as we honor employers, this instruction here, God's glory should be the motivation for how we work and for how we treat others, for our attitude toward work. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 18, verses 18 and 20 says this, Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. So for us today, if you profess to be a follower of Christ, if you profess to be a Christian, your employer, and I would even say your co-workers, those who you're around at your work environment, they should see the glory of God in everything you do, just and unjust. Whether you have a good employer or a bad employer, whether the work environment is good or not, others around you at work should see the glory of God in everything you do. We just sang that song. Matt, would you throw up the lyrics of that, the last song we just sang? In everything I do, in everything I say, following after you. Lord, giving you thanks and praise. This, this idea of, of everything we do is to be all about God's glory. And so if you're a professing Christian, others should see God's work and God's glory in you through your work. Titus chapter 2, verses 9 and 10 says, Bondservants are to be submissive to their own masters in everything. They are to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith, so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. And so, just a principle for us, how we work should reflect the glory of God. How we honor our employers, how we treat others should glorify God. So we see that, we are, that these servants are to consider their employers worthy of honor. Next we see that you know, concerning our work, we're to have a missional mindset as we work. Have a missional mindset in your work. We honor our employers so that God will be glorified and that the gospel will be advanced. Look with me back at verse 1, chapter 6, verse 1. Let all who are under a yoke as bondservants regard their own masters as worthy of all honor so that, there's a purpose for it, so that the name of God and the teaching may not be reviled or may not be slandered or blasphemed, so that the name of God and the teaching may not be reviled. Let me ask you a question I want you to think about honestly. What is the purpose of your work? What is the purpose? What is, what is the purpose of your work? I'm not, asking, I'm not trying to ask your job description. I'm not asking your responsibilities at work. Your purpose of work. What, what is your purpose? Is it to make money? To make ends meet? Is it to be able to have money so you can buy things? You can go on vacation? 
Is it just to have something to do? Is it so you can try to make a lot of money so you can retire early? Is it, what, is, what is the purpose of your work? Some people are good and faithful employees. I know a lot of people, and a lot of you, most of you, probably all of you, are good and faithful employees. But how many of you are concerned with advancing the gospel in your work? Many people go to work, they do their job, they keep to themselves, they're nice, they're cordial with people, they don't cause any trouble, they try to just, they go, they do their thing, they, they are faithful to their job, but they're not really concerned with trying to advance the gospel. Sharing the gospel and making disciples in the workplace just sitting on their radar. Does that describe you? God has given you an environment. If you, if you work a 9 to 5 or something like that, you about 40 plus hours a week to be around people every day are you concerned with advancing the gospel with him are, are you concerned with this this missional mindset do you do you have in your mind and is it on your radar to advance the gospel to make disciples of these people is honoring Christ the purpose of your work not trying to do your work and then add Christ on top of that when you can, but is, is, is Christ the purpose of your work? Is, is honoring Christ the purpose of your work? Paul said in Philippians 1.21, my life verse, for to me to live is Christ. He didn't say for to me to live is to, to work for Christ and to work and then add Christ in that. Try to add Christ in my workplace, but for to him to live was Christ. Is honoring Christ the, the purpose? Is it what drives you to go to work every day? Is that what gets you up in the morning and says, I have another opportunity to go to be around these people and to present Christ to them? Is that what drives you every day? We all have responsibilities at work that we must do. I'm not saying neglect your responsibilities at work and only be focused on Christ, but in those responsibilities, is what driving those responsibilities? Is it Christ? Is Christ the purpose? Is He driving you? Is He motivating you everything you do? Or do you just try to honor Christ every now and then when it's convenient? Let me ask you this. What is your attitude toward work? What is your attitude toward work? Do you gripe and complain? I'm sure none of us gripe and complain about work. <laughs> I saw Braden over there nodding his head. Yeah. Do you gripe and complain about your work? Do you halfway do things? Do you give minimal effort or do just enough? Do you disrespect your boss or those you work with? Paul said that servants are to regard their own masters as worthy of all honor. As Christians, you are to honor your employers. Your attitude, your treatment toward your employers is to be honoring unto Christ. John MacArthur said... Believers' attitudes and behavior in their daily relations at work affect how people perceive God and our doctrine. Let me say that again. Believers' attitudes, believers, you guys in here, attitudes and behaviors in their daily relations at work affect how people perceive God and our doctrine. Those who fail to honor their employers will cause God and Christian truth to be spoken against. Their employers would question whether or what kind of God they served who would lead them to laziness, insubordination, or hostility. 
they would also question the gospel's power to transform a life. That's a powerful quote. What does your attitude, what does your behavior, what does your work ethic show about the God you serve to those around you? If people see you, do they think you serve a lazy God? If people see, see you and how you work, do they think you serve a God who doesn't really care about other people? When people see you and how you work, do they see a God who only halfway does things and only gives a decent amount of effort every now and then? What kind of God are you allowing people to see through your work? Do you diminish the power of the gospel? Uh, in, this, in this quote, I think about you know, honoring your employer. This instruction is so that the gospel may not be reviled. This, this message, the, the teaching may not be reviled, may not be slandered. When we, mis, when we misbehave, when we act up at work, when we don't do our responsibilities, when we treat others poorly, we're slandering the name of God and the gospel. And we're showing people we really don't understand the gospel. If we go to work every, every day and we're just disobedient to our superiors, if we go and we just don't care about what anybody else, is, anybody else says, we're just going to do what we want to do and just you're there for a paycheck and that's all it is, then you're really showing you don't understand what it means to submit to God and to love other people. What does the way you work show about the God you serve? How do those around you at work perceive God because of you? I think about that quote. It's a kind of a, I guess, kind of a cliche quote, but you know, you may be the only Bible some people read. Well, there is truth to that. Because some people who never have any intention to read a Bible or go to church, and they see that you're a Christian, they hear you say, oh yeah, I go to church, or I'm a Christian, they're going to see how you act. And if the gospel has changed your life, the gospel will change how you work. We get so compartmentalized where we, we go to church and we, we act like a Christian here. We go to a football practice and we, we do this here. We go to work, we do this here. We're with our family, we do this here. And nothing seems to really interrelate with one another. We all just we have these different groups. But what the gospel does is it changes our life. And so that our life and everything we do, the motive behind it, the purpose of it is driven by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's not, oh, we only act like a Christian when we go to church. And we go to work 40 hours a week and, and we act this way. And we're with our friends we do this. And with our family we do this. The gospel changes our lives. And especially as Christians, we are to work with this missional mindset to try to even advance the gospel in work. Especially with our employers, the influence that they have. Think of you who are bosses or you have those who work under you. Think about the influence you have. And if you were a non-Christian and a Christian influenced you through the gospel, how much influence you could have to change your work environment through the gospel because of your work ethic through Jesus. So we see this, this kind of instruction about how to serve non-Christian masters. And in verse 2, Paul gives some instruction about serving Christian masters. In verse 2, he says, Those who have believing masters must not be disrespectful on the ground that they are brothers. Rather, they must serve all the better since those who benefit by their good service are believers and beloved. So what are some things we pull from this verse about how to serve Christian masters? The first is to treat your Christian employer with respect. Treat your Christian employer with respect. How much more, if you have a non-Christian employer and you're to treat them with respect, how much more should you treat your brother and sister who is a Christian with respect? If you work for somebody who's a Christian, you should treat them with respect. You should respect them. Do what they say. 
Don't be disrespectful. You must not be disrespectful. This literally means to not look down upon them or not to think little of them. To kind of just, oh, well, you know, they're, they're a Christian. We're brother and sister in Christ. It really doesn't matter. I'll just, you know, oh, I can, I'll, they'll, they'll let that slide because, you know, we go to church together. That's not a big deal. Paul said, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Respect them. Honor them. Treat them with respect. Servants still had responsibilities. You as an employer, if you work for somebody who you go to church with, or you work for somebody who is a Christian, just because you're brothers and sisters in Christ does not mean that you don't have responsibilities at work anymore. We still have responsibilities. You're still to obey your boss. Paul's purpose in this instruction was not to abolish the social structure of the Roman Empire. When we think about this, this context of servants and masters, slavery was kind of just the norm in this, in this environment. There some, I think some, most scholars uh, estimate that there were about 60 million slaves in the Roman Empire during this time. When we look at this, it's not like slavery is what you and I think about when we think about American slavery and the Civil War and all that. We, that's not what this looked like. Now, there were some evil people who oppressed their slaves, and we see some evil from this. But what we see here is that the gospel, it was a very uh, deeply rooted in their structure, in their social structure. Paul was not just trying to just blow up their social structure, but he was trying to show how the gospel changed the way they did things. The gospel changes the way that you work. Believers are not to undervalue the authority of their Christian employer by treating them as equals on the job. If you have a boss who's a Christian, respect them. Honor them. Treat them well. Listen to them. Obey them. One, because they benefit, because they're a brother or sister in Christ. But also for those around you who may not be Christians. If you treat your boss with disrespect and you're a Christian, and someone who is, a, is not a Christian sees you disrespecting your boss, they're not going to care what you have to say. They're going to think that, oh, that Christ really hasn't changed their life. Show up to work. Work well. Respect your Christian boss. Don't expect special treatment just because you share a relationship together with Christ. The purpose of your work is still to honor Christ. In all that you do, work unto the Lord. Honor Christ through your work. Work wholeheartedly as to the Lord. Work wholeheartedly as to the Lord. I mentioned this a second ago, but if a Christian employee is to honor his or her non-Christian employer, how much more should a Christian employee honor his or her Christian employer? Galatians 6.10 says that, So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work heartily, as for the Lord and not for men. Whatever you do, we should work wholeheartedly in everything we do. Because ultimately we are working into the Lord. We should work wholeheartedly in everything we do. Our work is ultimately done unto the Lord. And as we work wholeheartedly, we see that others are benefited from this. You see this at the end of the verse? Rather, they must serve all the better since those who benefit by their service, by their good service, are believers and beloved. Since other believers will benefit from our good service, we should work better all the more. We should work to really try to help others. We should work to benefit others. Our work should be selfless. We should seek opportunities to serve others, especially for those working for for other believers. Ephesians 6 also gives some 
descriptions about workplace relationships between servants and masters. Ephesians 6, 5 through 9. There are a couple places that Paul, he writes about this in a lot of his letters about working and working, but this relationship and how we are to work. As I mentioned, the, our work should be selfless. We should seek opportunities to serve others. The that's not my job mentality or the I don't get paid to do that attitude really has no benefit for anyone. And it doesn't honor Christ. It doesn't show the mindset of someone who's been changed by the gospel. Well, I'm not doing that. I don't get paid for that. Well, that's not my job. I'm not doing that. Think if Jesus had that mindset. Well, that's not my sin. I'm not dying for that. That's their problem. They're the one that committed that sin. God, they're the one that you know, fell short of your glory. That wasn't me. I'm not dying for them. Think if Jesus had that mindset. That's not, what he, that's not at all what we see in the Gospels. So why on earth would we think that we should just go throughout life, go throughout work, just, going, just seeking only to serve ourselves? Look for opportunities to serve others. Look for opportunities to benefit others. I thought it was interesting as I was studying this passage, one thing I noticed was that Paul never mentioned money in this. He didn't say work harder so you can get a better, rate, better pay, you can get a promotion, you can get a raise. I didn't see anything about that in the text. But everything that I had to look at about this had to do with attitude and behavior and your mindset toward work. And I looked through other passages in Ephesians and Colossians and Titus and all of this had to do with your mindset, your attitude, your behavior. And so I think when we look at this for our lives, what we need to think about is our mindset toward our work, our attitude while we work. Do you work simply just to get a paycheck? Do you complain about everything you do? I had to catch myself a lot. I just finished three summer classes on Thursday. I, I feel so much relief from not having schoolwork done. To do It's just such a relief. And a lot of times I would be complaining, I've got to do this, I've got to do this. And I was reminded of this. In everything I do, working to the Lord. It's not just so I can get this, just so I can do this. It's I have an opportunity to work and to honor Christ through this. And so my attitude toward my work should reflect the glory of God. Your attitude toward your work should reflect the glory of God. The main thing Paul was concerned with was honoring Christ and advancing the gospel in the workplace. You look at the life of Paul and tell me how much he was concerned about money. He wasn't. He was concerned about honoring Christ through his work, through everything he did. He was concerned with advancing the gospel. If he was walking around the streets, if he was in prison, he wanted to advance, advance the gospel. That's what he did. And so, what's some application that we can take from this about how we are to work? About how we are to work. And this goes, this isn't just for a paid job. This is, this is work in general. And now these applications can be principles for us as, as far as working in the workplace, working at home, volunteer work, just working just to help others out. When we think about all of this work, the first is honor your employer no matter your situation. Paul gave, he, he gave instruction for those who worked uh, for non-Christian masters and those who worked for Christian masters. And the point was that no matter your work situation, you were to honor your employer. In your job, you may be overlooked, you may be overworked, you may be underpaid, you may have no appreciation, you may have a bad boss, you may have conflicts with your boss, you may have conflicts with your coworkers, you may not like your job. It doesn't mean you have to just stay in that environment, but what it does mean is that you must honor 
your, your boss. You must honor your employer in your work, no matter your situation. Your mindset should be to advance the gospel, to honor those whom you're working for. Second thing is you're to have a missional mindset concerning your work. Have a missional mindset concerning your work. Don't let the purpose of your job be to earn a paycheck. It's important. It's important. We need money to pay bills, to buy groceries, to feed our family, to take care of things. But don't let earning a paycheck be the motivation of your job. Have a missional mindset when you work. We were put here on this earth to glorify God. And if we are only focused on earning a paycheck, if we are only focused on what we can get from something, we're going to miss out on glorifying God. Think about how you can build relationships with your boss, with your coworkers. Think about how you can make disciples where you are at work. Think about how you are glorifying God and advancing the gospel in your workplace. Do you think about these things? Is advancing the mission of God, is, is being a disciple in the workplace, is living for Christ in the workplace on your radar? Do you think about that? Next, work with a godly attitude. Work with a godly attitude. Work wholeheartedly and be selfless in how you work. Selfless, not selfish. Work wholeheartedly and be selfless in how you work. Let your attitude and your behavior reflect a life that has been transformed by God. If you've been saved by grace through faith, then you have a reason to live differently. Let your attitude, let your behavior reflect the life that has been transformed by God. And let that be seen in how you work, in your work ethic, how you treat others at work. Go above and beyond in your work. I'm not saying take on everybody else's responsibilities. Everybody has jobs to do. Don't take on everybody else's responsibilities to where you weigh yourself down and overload yourself. But do go above and beyond. Don't have the mindset of, I did that. I did my job. That's all I'm doing. I'm going to sit down and not worry about anybody else. If you see others struggling, others needing help, have a Christ-like attitude and honor them by serving them, by helping them. Be willing to serve in whatever way you can, making the most of every opportunity God gives you to glorify Him. Think about this. With the job you have, God has given you a regular avenue to be able to go and make disciples. You get to go to the same place every day, be around the same people every day, doing the same thing every day. If you have just a routine job, I promise you, there are going to be other, you're going to run out of things to talk about pretty quickly. But if you have the mindset of trying to advance the gospel, trying to make disciples, working with a godly attitude, you're going to seek how you can advance the gospel in everything you do, glorifying God in every opportunity you receive. And then lastly, as we close, work well. Work well. Colossians 3.23 again says, And whatever you do, work heartily as unto the Lord. And whatever you do, do the best job you can possibly do. As we see this, we benefit others by doing this. Especially those who are Christians. Do the best job you can possibly do. Care about your work. Work hard, remembering your work is ultimately unto God. Work well so that others around you can benefit and give glory to God through your work. Our work is to reflect the glory of God. Your, your attitude toward work, your behavior, your work ethic, what you do, how you treat others, is to be honoring and glorifying to God. And so as we think about this text, just remember, no matter your situation, whatever you do in life, whatever your work is, work unto the Lord. 
honor Christ in your work. The purpose of your life is to honor and to glorify God. And that is to be done in your work as well. That's a part of your life. Would you pray with me?